This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras and Jim Toth on 680 CJOB. To get four guys back is is ridiculous, really. Uh, you never see that, and especially uh, the guys that are, that are coming back and, and what they mean to our team. So, um, you know, there's a huge excitement level for us, and, um, you know, we've, we've done a good job of, uh, you know, weathering injuries and adversity throughout the, you know, season so far and uh, the guys that have come in have done a fantastic job but uh, yeah to get these guys back it's super exciting um, and there's definitely uh, as I said there's there's a buzz around the room and you know again playing Tampa tonight a quality team they are uh, it's an exciting day. Now we're going to dig into this a little bit more uh, but I can tell you right off the bat here uh, Nick Ehlers, Blake Wheeler, Nate Schmidt and Cole Perfetti all will return uh, to the Winnipeg Jets lineup. That's a massive trade. They acquired four players, and they're all going to play tonight. Cost nothing either. Just really, a couple, just um, a couple of uh, move uh, moves on the salary cap and a dump. Uh, uh, Asimov and, and Christian Reichel onto waivers, but that was about it. That's all it costs. Pretty a good deal. Big massive deal to acquire four players into tonight's game. Uh, pre-game at five, puck drop at seven. Right here on six eighty CGOB. Text the show 204-780-6868, 204-780-6868. Uh, we bring on our guest with uh, LightningInsider.com, Eric Erlinson. He joins us now. Uh, hey, Eric, how you doing? Uh, I'm good, gentlemen. How are you today? Doing fantastic. Hey, Eric, good to hear from you again. Yeah, and uh, yeah. the Winnipeg Jets, they got four guys from the injured list uh, coming into their lineup here. Uh, but the Bolts, they'll be without a, a big piece uh, to their team. Uh, but uh, nothing, nothing nefarious, actually good news, I guess you could say. First of all, it's like Thunderdome, right? Four men enter, one man's leaving. Uh, <laughs> nice. I like it, Eric. I like it. <laughs> See, I thought I had something with a trade and then uh, just blowing out of the water with Eric's much better take. Much better uh, take. Plus, we play on the Lightning team, right? Thunderdome. Anyway. Perfect. Um, oh, I like yeah. it. It all works. Yeah, Victor Hedman, <laughs> Victor Hedman will not be in the lineup tonight. He's, he's returned home uh, after the game against Minnesota the other night. Uh, he and his wife are expecting their second child. Uh, if anybody's seen the uh, Steven Stamkos Victor Hedman commercial <laughs> I've seen on those. Uh, the Mass Mutual commercial that's been running on NHL Network, at least down here, um, you know it's uh, it's their youngest son is only about a year and a half old. So um, expecting a second child. So uh, as you said, it's a good reason not to be in the lineup. Uh, so he's back here, but obviously that's a huge hole for the Lightning to uh, be without tonight, as he eats so many minutes and you know, the way that he can play the game. And he's been playing better. He's had uh, he's not had a Victor Hedman type of season, but his game has been coming along here the last uh, few weeks or so. So that's going to be a big void for Tampa Bay to try and win this game tonight without Victor Hedman in the lineup. I try to watch a lot of Tampa Bay Lightning games, Eric, and, and I've caught a few. And, and, you know, when they've struggled, it just seems like a team to me from the outside – I'm reminded, man, they've played a lot of hockey the past three years, going to three straight Stanley Cup finals. Uh, where are you on their, their season so far, sitting third in the Atlantic? But overall, in general, with their play, uh, it's tough to keep that high level going year after year after year. It really is. Um, you know, and you look at the way they started the year. I mean, everybody was like, oh, they're done once they started one and three, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know why in hockey we overact to four games in the season, but that's what we did. And everybody's like, oh, they played too much hockey. They're too banged up. They're too tired. Especially they when it's Tampa 2, eh, Eric? Like, come on. Like, I, I can't stand that, yeah. too. Yeah. Well, and like, it's league-wide, too, right? Everybody oh. overreacted to the Flyers. Oh, the Flyers are back. And, you know, now you look at where they're at. <laughs> in the standings too. You got to let things play out here a little bit. But 
What we've seen from the Lighty, first of all, they obviously didn't start the season with Zach Bogosian or Anthony Sorelli, and Sorelli in particular. That's a big guy to take out of your lineup. He's a selkie caliber, you know, defensive center. He's their top penalty killer. You know, their penalty kill struggled early in the year. Anthony Sorelli came back at the beginning of December. They had the best penalty kill in the league in the month of December. So you see the importance that Sorelli brings to the lineup there. Uh, you know, with with his return, so they've they've sort of found some answers that they had going into the in a training camp and the start of the season, particularly on the back end. You know, with Ryan McDonough not here anymore, Jan Ruda left for Pittsburgh. Those were two big uh, holes to fill. They still haven't found a steady partner for Victor Hedman, and here we are, most of the midway point of the season. Um, you know, they're not sure where who's going to play with Mikhail Sergachev. They tried a bunch of different combinations, so they're still working through that. But then you look. And this, this stat surprised me, even for somebody who watches this team every night. Since November 13th, going into the game Wednesday against Minnesota, the Lightning had the most wins in the league. Mm. More than Boston, more than Carolina, and the great runs that those two teams have been on, you know, especially Carolina the last month, the Lightning actually led the league in wins since November 13th, heading into Wednesday. So that kind of gives you an idea. They've kind of, just like last year, they're kind of quietly going under the radar. Everybody's talking about, you know, Carolina, and everybody's talking about the Rangers and all these other teams. And the Lightning have just kind of quietly found ways to win games. And at the end of the day, when you've got Andre Vasilevsky in net, you've always got a chance to win games. Yeah, that's what I want to talk to you about, Eric. I mean, this, the, the thing is, this team is still dangerous when and if they go into the playoffs. And, of course, it's, I'm not betting on this team ever not making the playoffs, at least in the, in the foreseeable future here. Um, it's not a team I would ever want to play in the in the postseason. I mean, and, and once again, just as you said there, they're they're floating under the radar. So, w- why is it that people don't want to talk about the Tampa Bay Lightning? Is it because they've been so good for so long, and it's kind of like, well, the Tampa, okay, of course they're a good team, or is it people just don't want to they don't want to acknowledge it? I mean, what do you think? What's your opinion on that? I think it's a little bit of you know they've been to three straight Stanley Cup finals, so people are tired of talking about them. I think that's part of it. But I think the other part is, um, you know, that they, it's the expectation value, right? Yeah. You expect them to be there, so they're, they're doing the expected value. It's not like, you know, it's kind of like the Jack Adams Award. You know, John Cooper has never won a Jack Adams, despite the level of success he's maintained with this team, because that award was always based on expectations. Well, who led their team to the unexpected good season, right? And I think that kind of... You know, there's a correlation there between how the Lightning kind of go about their business and, and, and that sort of analogy because you expect them to be there. You expect them to be a top team. And when they are, you're like, yeah, okay, they're doing what they're supposed to. So they don't get talked about much. So um, I, I think that's a big part of it. But you have to really give credit, obviously, to John Cooper. But I think you've got to give a lot of credit here to Julian Griezbois uh, and the management staff. Matthew Darch is his right-hand man, uh, especially when it comes to cap situations. The way that they performed – cap gymnastics over the last few years you know everybody look at Nikita Kucherov situation and you know how all that played out but you know they traded Matthew Joseph last year a player that they were not going to qualify because they were afraid of the arbitration award that he could get and they turned it into Nick Paul and Nick Paul is a 15 17 minute night guy he gets a little bit of power play time he plays on a penalty kill and they signed him to a seven-year contract on a team-friendly deal you know they turn uh, they bring in a Brandon Hagel whose you know, cap hit is $1.5 million, and he's a top-line player fitting in very well with Nikita Kucherov and Braden Point and producing. You know, he's going to be a 25-goal scorer this year and seeing them you know, power play time on the number one unit. And then they've been able to do this, and, and that's how you keep this competitive because this is not sort of the, the expectation of the thought process is this is an aging team that's played a lot of hockey. 
And in some sense, they have played a lot of hockey. But, you know, Alex Kalorn is 32. Steven Stamkos is about to be 32. Victor Hedman just turned 31. That's their core. But you've got Andre Vasilevsky, 29. Nikita Kucherov, 29. Anthony Sorelli is 25. Mikhail Sergachev is 24. Braden Point is 25. It's not all the same core players at the same point of their career. It's a really good mix. Uh, and that's how they're able to maintain the competitiveness and, and be as good as they are. And that window, let's face it, the window is going to be open for a couple more years, especially if the cap starts to project up. That sounds like a lot of players in their prime. In the right, well, the I, I, players in their prime. I couldn't agree more. And you and I kind of touched yeah. on this a little bit. And they do it at the trade deadline. Like this isn't off-season kind of stuff. They do it at the trade deadline when the pressure's on and a lot of these names are being kicked mm-hmm. around. They They not only continue to reload – but they readjust their own cap at the same time, which I think is phenomenal. And I, I say this all the time, Eric, like I, I don't have a personal problem with them, but the Vegases of the world aren't smarter than anybody else. The idea that you go out and sign these big contracts for superstars and then deal with it later, they are hurting. They have, they have games last year where they couldn't ice a full lineup because of the cap. They had to give Max Pacioretty away for free. The way to do it is the way this Tampa Bay Lightning organization has done it. Bring in really good players on really small salaries and then deal out like you talk about the Hagels and and um, give them the term, give them the year, right? But the yeah. the Hagels and the reloading of of those kind of players and Nick Paul coming in, they're just the Barkley Good Barkley Goodros and and the the yeah. Coleman's that that leave for five million dollars. They're still great players, but yet you've brought in the same caliber at much less. It's phenomenal how they they manage this, Eric. Yeah, you, you, we hear from Julian Breezeball a lot when he talks, especially when he makes these deals. You know, and you go back to the Goodrow and Coleman trades, which were, you know, a few days apart there at the 2020 deadline. He talks about outperforming their contract value. And that's what they look for. And Brandon Hagel falls into that line big time, right? Like he's scored 20 plus goals last year. He's going to score 20 plus goals this year at $1.5 million. That's such a bargain to get a player at that level. And they identified it. And, you know, you, you heard the comments come out of Chicago last year. If we're rebuilding, why are we trading a 23-year-old who's a 20-goal scorer already? But what, what we've seen with Julian, and this is, you know, a little bit of a contrast to when Steve Eisenman was running the team, Julian's a little bit more bold when it comes to making those moves. He's not afraid to give up a first-round draft pick for Barclay Goodrow. Everybody said, you overpaid. What are you doing? Well, you won two cups with him. Right, because he's a valuable member yeah. of that fantastic third line with Yanni Gord and Blake Coleman and, and, and Goodrow. You know, and it, it's kind of the same thing here uh, with Hagel in particular to bring him in on a contract where he's going to outperform the value. You're going to have to pay for it at some point down the line, you know, but he's under contract for one more year, and then he's a restricted free agent. So you have contract control of Brandon Hagel for a couple of years. It, it really is incredible how they're able to do this and keep this team, keep a good portion of the core together but then you get a younger core behind it. And, and that's, how, that's difficult to do in today's salary cap era, especially the last couple of years with a flat salary cap, but the lighting and their staff have been able to pull it off. One thing I wanted to just touch on quickly is um, we only got about 30 seconds, Eric, is Nikita Kucherov has the quietest 54 points I've ever heard in the yeah. National Hockey League. And I get it with the, the Tade Thompson and the Jason Robertson who are, you know, relatively new to the scene. I get those stories get more play, Eric Carlson and stuff. But the next stars. is Kucherov playing his best hockey right now and no one's talking about it? He's not playing his best yet. Okay. But he's getting there. And, and that's, again, that's somebody that leads the league in assists, right? I, I haven't looked in a couple of days. He was right there with McDavid for a little bit. But, uh, you know, he's up there among the league leaders in assists. 
Uh, and, and it's the way he does it. Like, it's the subtleness. Like, I, I used this line with Brian Engblom a couple weeks ago. Nikita Kucherov, like, Connor McDavid wows you when you watch him play. Nikita Kucherov wows you when you watch it on replay. Because of the subtleness to his game, you're like, how did he do that? you got to go back and look at the replay to see how he made this pass or how he had this vision to be able to make it. Uh, and, and that's he's gotten, some, he's gotten so much better in those type of situations. I mean, I think back to the 2020 playoffs, the pass he made to Braden Point against the Islanders in the conference finals where he just turned the blade of a stick over just a tad and ramped the puck up right into Braden Point's pass. That's the subtleness to Nikita Kucherov's game that you only sometimes appreciate when you have to go back and watch it on replay. And he's getting better at that, and that is a scary thought because, you know, he's, he's not shooting probably as much as you want. He's not scoring goals as much as you want, but his game is continuing to trend up at the age of 28. Eric Erlinson with LightningInsider.com. Fantastic conversation, Eric. I really appreciate it. Uh, great stuff. Thanks so much. Okay. Stay warm, boys. Yeah, well, you too. Will. Thanks. Uh, it's not well, that bad up here. I think the weather's probably better in Tampa, bad. but it's not too bad. We but, can't complain uh, about Always great to have Eric on. He's got 12. such good insight on the, the lightning. Yeah, minus 12 is not bad. We're, no, I'll we're take okay that. I'll, right I'll take now. this all day, all day in January. Pre-game at 5, puck drop at 7, Tampa Bay, Winnipeg Jets. Get going. Your text messages after this, and we'll hear more from Rick Bonus. We'll hear from Josh Morrissey as well and what it felt like for him to be named an all-star in the National Hockey League. All that to come. Jets at noon on 680-CJOB. Thank you very much, Sarah. How are you doing? How's your day been Thanks, so Sarah. far? It's are you excited good. for the weekend? I am excited. What are you getting up to? To do nothing. Are you heading out to uh, <laughs> Dryden? No. I was just there. I was did just there. Get a business license or no. something? No. <laughs> you better work on that. Like Gotta been, let this go. I know. Rules are different in Ontario, I would presume. Like I'm I really presume. trying to be patient with her, Jim, about this whole business license yeah, sketch. Entrepreneurship is not there. about patience. Oh it's about gosh. getting things done. Yeah. Getting kind of... I'm getting kind of annoyed, Sarah, actually, to be honest. Oh, wow. This is what it's going to be like in business together. Well, oh no, gosh. I was just like, you know what? I was being really cordial with her out in the newsroom, and I'm like, I'm going to call her out right on air. Because well. we're looking to get, and if you're just joining us wondering what we're talking about, Skadge Pizza is a, a, a place in Dryden that Jim, <laughs> Sarah, and I. It doesn't exist yet. It's it is, real. Sarah. It is, it is real. real. Are you telling me? How I, dare I got, you? I got 10 grand in a logo right now on a artist down in Los Angeles uh, working on this. I just don't want to promote false hope right now if people take the venture there and don't find scotch yeah. pizza. Hope's a dangerous thing, Sarah. Yeah. Uh, sure is. Chat later. She's just cutting us off now. <laughs> She's ending like her own. I like that. Just chat to, later. As opposed to waiting and hoping this will end, she just ends it herself. She's just saying, like, I'm out of here. Bye. See chat ya. later, Sarah. Good talk. Um... Winnipeg Jets, Tampa Bay Lightning get going. Puck drop at 7. Pre-game show at 5 o'clock right here on 680 CJOB. Reinforcements on the way. If you're just joining us, uh, Blake Wheeler, Cole Perfetti, Nick Ehlers, Nate Schmidt uh, will return uh, to action to the power play, uh, to the Jets 5-on-5 play. And uh, here's uh, Schmidt on the reinforcements to go. That's a new one for me. Uh, if, if that is the case, it would be a new one for me. Right. I don't know if anyone's giving you any information, if I'm just speaking in circles here anyways, but yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. Uh, yeah, that would be quite an, an incredible thing happen. never seen it before. I think there's a lot of upside, like a lot of excitement, a lot of jam back in. The guys are excited to be back uh, playing again. I think you inject a lot of energy into the room, which is always something that uh, when you get into January, February, you're going to need any days so you, you know, get a little extra something from a few of the guys, and I think... Uh, 
you know, we've been around in the meetings, so our guys, I, I feel, are pretty sharp on what we're still doing. And, um, you know, we've coaching staff did a good job of grabbing guys and making sure for the last week or so that we're, you know, we're all up to pace and, and seeing the reviews and seeing what we're doing. So that makes a big difference to keep your mind sharp as well when you when you first step in. And it was fairly obvious uh, when David Gustafson, Ville Hainala, and Kyle Capobianco all stayed out for extra work during the uh, during the morning skate here. Um, that uh, these guys are going to be making the return. And then, of course, uh, head coach Rick Bonus, who we'll hear from in just a second, uh, confirming it. But this is this is big news. And, I mean, uh, Josh Morrissey calls it ridiculous that four guys all come up in the same game. <laughs> Nate Schmidt, uh, first of all, doesn't want to, oh, is that what's happening? Is that what's happening? Yeah, he knows what's going on. Uh, but says it's going to inject a real thing, real, real excitement, buzz in the room. Um, this is a boost. I mean, this is a game that I, I don't think you need to uh, talk to the guys and say, guys, we need to get amped up for this. This this should be a really, really exciting game to be a part of for this club. Well, here's the thing. In my experience of covering hockey, when this happens, they get pounded 6-1 tonight because everybody's oh, back and everybody. And so I'm not saying it's going to happen. Oh, why um, did you throw that out? But, the but this is why earlier in the week, I think it was even bonus started talking about it's hard to bring – like this is a jarring move, as yeah. Nate Schmidt said. A lot of guys are going to be amped up, part up. Would you not bring these guys back in the lineup? No, that's not what I'm saying. You get these guys back in the lineup as soon as they can help contribute to you. But I've seen it not all the time, but more often <laughs> than not, if a team has four or five guys all at once come back into the lineup – it's kind of a circus, and and, well, uh, and everybody's amped up, and Kevin, guys are trying to go places that they haven't had to go. Like Ehlers, mm-hmm. as much as he's practiced, is I don't expect him to be firing on all cylinders tonight, and just maybe he will be. I don't know, but yeah. he he has not played in months. Well, Kevin agrees with you. He says too many back at once. We're all going to see how it goes, guys. Listen, I got tickets to this game. I spent my hard-earned radio <laughs> media money, which, I mean, is falling out of my pockets. I, I drop a hundo on the ground, and I just walk by because that's how much cash I'm uh, this is true. I said you dropped that hundred, and all he did kept walking, didn't even look back and go keep it. <laughs> Actually, you forgot I flipped you the bird. Yeah, even at that keep point, it. You yeah. need a more night, <laughs> Um Listen, I, I. I well, I don't again, know it's, it's, it's the age-old story. You're yeah. not going to not bring these guys back in the lineup. Look at the names we're talking about. But I'm, actually gonna, I'm cursing you, Jim, lot. for even saying that. I'm sorry. Like, you're ruining my day. Look, they might not. And they might come <laughs> out and win 5-3 yeah. against Tampa Bay. I'm just saying it's hard to get back up to game speed mm-hmm. after, you know, a month off, let alone that many. Now, yeah. Schmidt's only been weeks. Wheeler's weeks. Wheeler's been around long enough that I would expect him to have the best game. Perfetti has done this before with his injury last yeah. year, but it just it's a lot to ask for, at least for the first period, to be totally in sync and firing on all cylinders when you're changing the lineup this drastically. But I would still do it. I'm just saying I'm I'm curious about tonight's game. Now, let yeah. me ask you this. If Vancouver was tonight and Tampa Bay Sunday, you bring all four of these guys back? Yeah, I would. Yeah, so I would. Would I. I'm running this like Mike O'Shea. I'm running that. Like if a guy says they're good to go, they're going into the lineup. Um, and I'm 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 not going to dance around this and stuff. These guys are ready to go. They've had the practices. They already sat out a game, uh, which I mean, even Rick Rick Bonus said that if it was the playoffs uh, against the Calgary Flames, those guys would have been in there. So I think right. you, you you took it cautiously. You held back. They had a couple. They had a hard skate. They woke up this morning. They were feeling pretty good. I, I think it's time to 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 get these guys um, to get these guys into the lineup. That's for sure. Right? Yeah, I, I would not do it. And it might not happen. It might be a hard fought three two game that Tampa Bay wins or Winnipeg 
big wins mm. and the theory will be out the window. Yeah. I'm just saying a lot of the times when you bring in a hockey season, four or five guys in a one game at once, mm-hmm. you see it after a trade deadline too. Like one team loads up and brings in three to four players and puts them all in that next game. So it's just something to watch for tonight. Yeah, and uh, Rick Bonus did say uh, that he's going to be working some of those guys on the fourth line, Kevin Stenland, uh, uh, Kuhlman, um, uh, AJF, Axel Janssen, Fialbi. They're going to be working those guys into the top unit just to give them some uh, a couple of breaks. Yeah. Because uh, Rick Bonus had said uh, earlier in the morning, that he's anticipating that these guys are going to need to take some shifts off, particularly the Blake Wheeler, just as you just said, Jim. He played one game at full strength he got injured in the second game and was playing injured throughout that one and then has had a long uh, a longer road to recovery than he probably wanted and it just wasn't healing the surgery obviously uh was was a success fingers crossed of course uh wanted to play this quick clip and uh, get your reaction from this jim and, and this was dt Derek taylor he's in for kelly moore uh filling in, in the pregame postgame middle of the period show here on 680 cgob again pregame at five puck drop at seven here on 680 cgob but dt uh Derek taylor asking bones um, who, who he says wasn't even aware until somebody told him, which I 100% believe, what it's like uh, to play, uh, to be behind the bench for his 2600th game, the most of any head coach or assistant coach in league history. What keeps him coming back? The love of the game, man. Love of the game. That's it. Just have a passion for the game. I know I'm not the smartest coach. I, I, know, I, I never try to be. You try to be the best you can be every day. But it's the love of the game, and I still love the game. I still love everything about it. I love the practices. I love dealing with the players. I love seeing the players get better. I love seeing the team get better. Um, yeah, so I just love the game. That's that's I, that's what's good driven me. It's an, I'm a bad player, and you know, I know I'm not the, again. I'm not the smartest coach out there, but man, I, I love the game as much as anyone. Sounds like a pretty good job to have. Pardon me. It sounds like a pretty good job to have when you love coming to. Yeah, when you win. <laughs> you don't love losing. Okay. Right, the, the losses, I tell you, the losses get tougher as you get older too. You take them a little, a little more personal, right? But uh, it's just it's a matter of coming to the rink every day and uh, and and love being here, right? I'm lucky that I've I've never had to do anything else because I never did have a plan B. I wasn't smart enough to come up with a plan B. It was hockey or nothing. So uh, I just, again, I just been very fortunate, very blessed. Just coach this long, stay in the league this long, and and I never take a day in this league for granted. It's every day's a blessing here, and I've never once taken it for granted, and I, and I never will until the day I retire. So uh, we still love it, and we're going to keep kicking. That's incredible. Hey, 2,600 games behind the bench, more than any other coach in the history of the NHL. Assistant coach, of course, he didn't spend all that time as a, as a head coach, spent a lot of time as an assistant coach across the league. It's an enormous long time when you think of how long Scotty Bowman Spanning coached for decades. and all the things he's done. And then yeah. Scotty Bowman, you know, even was in front offices for a while, so those games don't count. To be standing behind a bench for that long in the National Hockey League is... A credit to him, uh, not only as a coach, but as a person. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, it's it's a huge milestone, and it, it couldn't happen to a better better person. Yeah, that's all I hear about. Like, I keep hearing players' interviews of, throughout the years about, like, yeah, who was your favorite coach? Like, Rick Bonus keeps coming to mind. And I think the thing, to me, that's most impressive about, about Bones and, and about Rick Bonus and who I've got to know a little bit over his time now here in Winnipeg um, is is the difficulty of being a coach through all these years, starting in the 80s with Jets 1.0 and being a consistent guy that that's that's 
found at work and has been able to reinvent. You know how many times you'd have to reinvent themselves? I mean, Jim, just think about, like, since you've been watching hockey, how much the game has changed. Yeah. And he's been a constant in the National Hockey League over that period of time. That is, a, that is a really, really impressive thing. And for everybody who keeps saying, you know, oh, the old hockey boy crew or crowd of, of analytics and all yeah. that, like, he, look at that alone. Yeah. He's 67. I mean, think about that. Mm-hmm. I mean, Bill Belichick's in his late 60s and stuff, and, and Pete Carroll in the NFL is in his, I think he's 70 now. But just think of that. Like how many, is 67 years old, and he's still doing this. And the reason I love that quote, Cam, is just for the love of the game. Like if you find, yeah. it's an old adage, and, and say old man cliches if you want, whatever at me with this. But if you find something you love to do, it's not work. There's ups and downs. Like he said, the losses hurt you and bother you. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, it's got to be one of the best jobs on the planet if you love the game the way he does. To to be in and around hockey, to see how many faces come and go, mm-hmm. how many players, how many lives you're touching. And at the end of the day, it's one of the reasons why I love what I do. And there's over the years and career and the sports hours and everything else, I've missed weddings, I've missed vacations, I've missed trips, I've missed just a big night out with friends. And every time when the puck drops at whatever rink I've been in, I'm like, I've driven to the rink going, man, I can't believe I'm not in Vegas with the guys right now for this, my best friends, this or that. But when the puck has dropped, I've always in my own mind said, this is a pretty good alternative. Like I'm covering hockey. So yeah. I, 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 and that's in a much different way than coaching or a player involved in the game or whatever, yeah, yeah. but good for Rick. I mean, he just loves the game. Well, Jim, like this job that I'm doing with you right now, this doesn't work to me. Like the two of us sitting here talking. Well, it's because I'm work. doing all of it. It's, I know, it's a well, lot you're, of effort. <laughs> 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 it's tough to carry me on, on, but my, even on that your back. Joke, every it's fun. And people no. don't know. Like there's work put into this. We got to listen to all the clips and we got to find out who's in the lineup. Yeah. And we're bringing in. We got to look yeah. at research. There's there's work to yeah. this. I have it's to sound like I know what I'm of, talking about. Yeah. Yeah. And stuff. And but at the end of the day, what you and I are doing right now is fun. Yeah. Yeah. We're it's it's very, very fortunate. And I remember, you know. Like oh man, all those 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 years I spent out in the road in small towns and uh, working my way up and and like this is where I wanted to be. I wanted to be on six eighty CGOB in my hometown in Winnipeg, talking about the bombers, talking about the Jets, you know. And um, it's pretty awesome that I just yeah. And it's yeah. so so. And this isn't about us, but it just speaks to like if you find something like the game like this. Yeah. And and you know Rick is in the NHL. There are just as many people that love the game that are in some small town right now and have been doing whatever around it for 40 years, too. Yeah. Like, it's just, there's a, he's a really good guy. I, I was on Vancouver radio this morning talking about the Jets, and it reminded me of years ago, I was in Vancouver over the holidays um, uh, with my partner at the time, and we were walking downtown Vancouver, and I came across Rick Bonus standing outside a store looking in through a window in downtown Vancouver. And the, the Jets had just come back. Uh, or no, the, it was the Moose that were here. And I don't know Rick Bonus. I never met mm-hmm. him. I'd just been in the odd scrum with him over my career. And he looked over at me as we were walking down the street. And um, my girlfriend at the time went in the store. And he looked at me and he's like, how are you doing? What are you doing here? Yeah. And I'm like, what? He goes, you're from Manitoba, aren't you? And I'm like, yes. Like, I'm just like, how do you even? Yeah. And he's like, well, I'm stuck here waiting as well made the joke of like he's waiting while there's shopping going on. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, how do you even Craig McTavish is another guy, ran into Vancouver on a different trip years and years ago and just walking past him and he looked at me and he said, Hey, how are you doing? Mm-hmm. 
And I'm like, I met Craig McTavish maybe twice in the past 10 years prior to that. It just, yeah. it's the, there's something about the game. There's something about the passion of it. And there's something about the connectivity that guys like Rick Bonus has in it that he never met, forgets a face, never forgets a name. I mean, Brad Lauer's here because when Rick Bonus was coaching Ottawa the year they expanded, Brad played for him. And think of that relationship. So you coached that a year player. Didn't, that year didn't go so well. No, and you, you coached a player, <laughs> yeah. but that relationship you had with that player, 20-some-odd years later, had you pick up the phone and go, you want to come coach with me in Winnipeg? Yeah, yeah. And, and you hear you hear that stuff all the time. Let's take a break. We'll come back. 204-780-6868, 204-780-6868. Shoot us a text. Tampa Bay, pregame at 5, puck drop at 7. On the other side, uh, this break, and we'll, we'll take a look at weather, give you your forecast as well. Um, Josh Morrissey uh, named an all-star selection. Um, an emotional um, new, uh, emotional news that he got from Rick Bonus earlier this week, and we'll we'll hear uh, what was so emotional about it for uh, for Josh Morrissey as he becomes a NHL all-star. Something you can't take away. We'll be right back. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB. You know, obviously there's ups and downs in your career, and... Um, you know, whether that's throughout your entire career or certainly, you know, over the last number of years for me, uh, you know, not too far removed from a couple of tough seasons uh, with, uh, you know, family stuff going on and, uh, you know, sometimes tough nights and not sure, you know, at that point in time, um, you know, becoming an all-star uh, seemed pretty far away. So, um, you know, it's just rewarding to to put in the work and, um, you know, have the people around you support you and help you and, um, you know, uh, I guess be uh, rewarded with that uh, recognition. So just thinking about those times and certainly, uh, you know, thinking about my dad and, uh, you know, he's not here to see this. He always, um, you know, thought that was something I could become in the league and uh, um, achieve. So, uh, yeah, it just meant a lot to, to, to me to know that, uh, He's watching and, and uh, how, you know, I'm sure he's very proud uh, looking down. So that was a, a lot where the emotion came from. Josh Morrissey there uh, discussing um, the emotions and, and, and of course, um, the you know, the pride in, in himself. He deserves to be proud of, of his season so far. And, and of course, uh, talking about his father who passed away from cancer um, uh, a couple of years back. Obviously, something that never leaves you, um, and you know Josh Morrissey, all-star uh, representative for the Winnipeg uh, for the Winnipeg Jets, coming up in February in Sunrise, Florida. Yeah, there'll be no accolades that Josh Morrissey gets throughout the rest of his career, or just in life that accomplishments or, or things happen to him that he doesn't think of his. Like he got married over the summer. You don't think that that wasn't yeah, top of mind? You know? But but that being said, and 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 I I just assume that it'll always be the case. This is well deserved, well earned, and it's his first. It's much like when he was named. The, the NHL star of the week or one of them yeah. when he joined us on the show about that. And that was his first time doing that. Like there's a lot of accolades coming his way this year with the season he's having. Um, I was asked today by Vancouver radio, did I, did anybody here see the, he's on pace for 90 points. And I said, no, I always thought he had a 50 point season in him, but I didn't know it would be this good. The impressive part about his points, the impressive part about this season for Josh is he's just as good defensively. Like, we're always talking about offense when it comes to the Norris and everything else. Mm -hmm. But he is having a really good year defensively in his own end and moving the puck and all that. 
But the impressive part about these points he's putting up, Cam, to me is it's not like this team has been stacked the past couple of months. It's not Mm -hmm. like Ehlers is out there on the ice with him on the power play. It's not like Blake Wheeler's been around for three weeks on the power play. He's putting these points up five on five and on the man advantage. And a lot of the times you look at who's on the ice and it's Adam Lowry's line. It's like he's sort of my point to this is 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 he's kind of doing this and spearheading the the point production on his own. Yeah. Yeah, Den, Den, uh, coming up on the show, that's going to be it for the for the week's edition, of course. Make sure you're tuned in, 5 o'clock, pregame show, 7 o'clock puck drop here on 680 CGOB. 10 seconds, Jim, you got some exciting uh, guests uh, coming on the program. Dennis Bayak is going to come on, talk World Juniors. Of course, the Jets prospect on Team USA, who he's just calling the games for at the World Junior Tournament. And then we're going to get his thoughts on the Jets this year uh, as a whole. And Stanley Bryant, freshly off that new contract with the Bombers, is going to join me as well. Thank you very much to Jeffrey Forte for producing the show. Hey, everybody, enjoy the game today. It should be an awesome one. I'm sure. I'm, sure, I'm definitely going to have fun. I'm going to have a lot of fun tonight at the at the hockey game. Pre-game enjoy the five, game, Cam. Puck drop at 7. I Buy Cam well. one. If you see me, yes. I'm not saying no. Everybody, see you later. Bye. I'm not saying no. I'm not saying no. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB.